The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. What I want to talk to you about tonight is uh, real simple. I just want to reinforce and remind you uh, that God has created all of you to uh, live a prosperous life of significance. Uh, God has called all of you. God has never created anyone to just live an average life. God created you for purpose. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, So uh, uh, let's go now to Psalm 139. Uh, We're going to read from verse 16. As we go there, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, uh, this is God speaking, and he says, I have a plan for you, and this plan is to not harm you. So God's plan over your life is not to harm you. Can I get an amen? His plan is to prosper you and give you an expected end. It is to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 16, I want to read it in the NIV Please, if you can. He says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So he's making a commentary uh, of looking at your life from God's perspective. And he's saying from God's perspective, God saw every single one of your days before they came to being. And so what God did was he ordained something into those days. He ordained success. He ordained victory. He ordained uh, 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 prosperity. Amen. He ordained his goodness into those days. But just like uh, my wife said, God is not a bully. He's not a thug. After you ordained all of the goodness into all the rest of the days of your life, he gave you an opportunity to now make a choice and to choose what he already ordained for you. You know, the Bible says in uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 30, verse 19, uh, this is God speaking, and he says, I've set before you. So after God ordained all of this goodness, can you imagine? God put this goodness before us so that we could make a choice about it. He said, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You get to choose. This is God speaking. Human beings, unlike animals, are the only creatures that God created and blessed with an awesome privilege called free will. You get to choose. This is why since the beginning of time, if you look at bird nests, they've been the same. But just looking at people's hairstyles in this room, I can tell there's some freedom of choice going on. (laughs) Amen. As I was getting ready to come, you know, I went to the wardrobe and I, I, you know, I looked at the several options that I had and I picked these clothes. And after I picked these clothes, I I picked the shoes and then I went and I found out that I could wear the shoes without socks. (laughs) I didn't hear a a voice from heaven say, thou shalt wear gray gray jeans and a navy blue blazer. No, I didn't hear any of that. I didn't, too, I didn't see two uh, angels with flaming swords say, thou shalt wear these clothes to design a life. No, I didn't do any of that. I went into the wardrobe and I picked these clothes and all of heaven, the seraphims and the cherubims, let me out of the house without wearing socks. 
Just like they will let you out of the house if you choose poverty. <laughs> now I'm preaching. <laughs> now I'm preaching. Just like they will let you out of the house if you choose to live your life in the place of defeat. Just like if you choose, and there's some people who will choose defeat. Amen. God has blessed us with this awesome responsibility so we could start using it, watch this, to choose life. And he says when we choose life, it will not only benefit us, it will also benefit our children. And watch this, those that come into contact with us. Someone shout, I choose life. Someone shout, I choose victory. Someone shout, I choose prosperity. Come on, go for it. Say, say what you choose. You better start choosing and making some choices that are informed by God's word. Amen. And as you do that, God will let you have it. And God has created a different race for all of us to run. This is why comparison is dumb. Because the Bible says God uh, knew our days before they came into existence and he created a path for every single one of us. And all we need to do now is to choose that path and start running. Amen. And as we run, we'll be able to experience all of the goodness that God has already deposited in those days. Let's go to the book of Judges. Judges chapter number 6. And I want to read from uh, verse 11 to 13. I only have about 12 minutes to do this, so... I'm really speed preaching here. It says in Judges 6 from verse 11 to 13, uh, you know, this is the angel that came to talk to uh, Gideon. You remember the story? After about seven years, uh, the Midianites would come every time it was harvest time and just literally bully the, the, the children of Israel, torment them, and they would literally burn their crops and uh, take over their economy. And, and uh, God, you know, went to uh, Gideon because he was the right man for the job. And when God sent an angel to go and speak to Gideon, it's interesting because after so long, after seven years, uh, Gideon was almost conditioned to uh, become a victim. So at this time, when the angel came to speak to him, Gideon was actually hiding in a wine press. The Bible says he was uh, threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, a wine press is a little cave that you would go in uh, to put the wine in, and then as the wine flows, you would collect it. But this little thing is, 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 con is really restricted. It's con uh, constricted. That's the word I'm looking for. It's really a small place. I mean, when you are threshing uh, wheat, you should be outside on the threshing floor where there's wind blowing so that as you thresh the wheat, the chaff can blow with the wind. But this guy is literally in a cave where there's no wind blowing. And I mean, this guy is stuck in a crazy situation and his cowardice is evident for all to see. And then the angel of the Lord came to him and he says, verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabyte tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abbe something. <laughs> While his son Gideon threshed the wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. This is pitiful. Now watch what the angel said in verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What are you talking about, mighty man of valor? I'm in the wine press, I'm in the wine press hiding from my enemies, and you are just calling me a mighty man of valor. So Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? 
And where are all his miracles which our forefathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So Gideon was relating to his situation based on what were his circumstances. Based on what was going on around him. Amen. And God was relating to Gideon based on his true identity. Man, you have a choice. You can either relate to life based on your true identity in Christ, and this is your true identity in Christ. Someone shout, I am, I am. fearfully and wonderfully made. Someone shout, I am, I am. God's workmanship created for good things. That's what the Bible says. I'm in scripture right now. It says in Ephesians 2, 10, you are God's workmanship created for good works. God created you for good things. And here's something else that's going to blow some of you out of here. Someone shout, I am, I am. complete in God. That's what the Bible says in uh, Colossians 2 verse 10. It says, in Christ you are complete. So what that means is, Man, I've been trying to convince my wife of this for years now. What that means is the handbag does not make you complete. <laughs> Amen. What that means is the husband does not make you complete. Someone shout, I am complete. What that means is matching shoes does not make you complete. What I'm trying to say is nothing external can make you complete. It is Jesus and what he did on the cross that makes you complete. Now let's try that again with a little bit of conviction. Someone shout, I am, I am complete, complete in Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, I am complete. Man, I'm trying to get you to have some Christ esteem and not self-esteem. I'm trying to get you to start boosting your esteem based on what Jesus did on the cross. In fact, while he was on the cross, he said these words. It is finished. What that means in the Greek is, uh, the Greek word for that is tetelestai, which means in full. So while Jesus was on the cross, from about 12 noon to 3 p.m., there was darkness on the earth. And sickness went into his body and paid for that. The curse went into his body. Galatians chapter number 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is any man who hangs on the tree. And here's the reason. So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And he said, it is finished. He said, it is paid in full. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that you might become what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And he paid for all of that. Paid in full. And immediately, the Bible said, after he said, it is finished, <laughs> the veil was rent in twain. That's just the King James hip-hop way of saying. <laughs> the veil in the temple was torn in half. 
So there was a veil that separated you from God in the temple. And, you know, usually when we teach and we say there was a veil in the temple, uh, people have a picture of a lace. You know, they think, okay, there was a veil. It was just a lace. I mean, this thing was 60 feet high or maybe 90, 60 to 90 feet high, and it was about 10 to 20 centimeters thick. So it's not a veil. It's a blanket. And the Bible says after Jesus paid for everything in full, the blanket by itself tore from top to, not from bottom to top. Because if it was from bottom to top, you, I mean, people could frame it and say, man, the, someone snuck up on in the evening and, you know, literally cut the thing from the bottom. No, the thing tore by itself 60 feet all the way to the ground. And the presence of God came out, and now God could fellowship with mortal man. Now you and I could start having and enjoying, watch this, life and life in abundance. Why? Because Jesus paid for it. Anybody ever uh, flown economy in here? Anybody ever flown economy? Anybody? I know these days you fly business, designer life, you know, first class and so on and so forth. But here's what happens when you fly economy is that when the plane takes off, and then it reaches a cruising altitude, what happens is the air hostesses or the horse get up from their seats and they come to the point where economy and first class meet and they close the veil. <laughs> and no one can go into the first class if you are in economy. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? I've never been in first class, but one of our pastors, uh, Pastor Trevor, flew first class because his company policy was that, you know, if you're flying longer than four hours, they would pay for you so you get to fly first class. And he was going to Germany, and they put him in first class, and then he came back, he said, Pastor T., you won't believe what they do in there. <laughs> and he told me what they do in there. He told me, he said they get a real menu. They get to choose what they want to eat. He told me, and he said they get real cutlery. <laughs> they don't get plastic. He told me. No, over here, you don't get real cutlery, <laughs> and you don't have much option. They just say chicken or beef <laughs> or vegetarian. They don't even tell you if it's grilled chicken, fried chicken. They just say chicken or beef. And you know, based on the price you paid, not to ask what kind of chicken. Because <laughs> they're going to kick you out. So you don't have much options. And you know what, something else that he told me that happens in there? In fact, Billy Eppard told me. He said, Tafara? I asked him, you know, I picked him up from the airport when he came for grace in the marketplace. And I said, man, you must be jet lagged. And he said, no, I'm not. He said, why? I said, why not? He said, because I get to lie flat. I said, what do you mean? He said, the seat lies flat. It turns into a bed. I said, for real? <laughs> he said, yeah, that's what happens. And he told me, he said, they even give you pajamas. <laughs> and they make the bed for you. Now, before Jesus paid for the price, all of humanity was stuck in economy. And when Jesus said, paid in full, he came and literally took that thing and tore it in half and invited all of us. And he said, now you can come on into first class. Someone shout, I'm a first class citizen. 
Shout, I have, I have choices. Shout, I can rest in the promises of God. Amen. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He said, now you can come on in. In fact, it says this in Hebrews 4.16. He says, now let us go, Bombera, all the way. <laughs> That's what he said. He says, now let us go boldly. You see, here's the deal. When you don't really know how much was paid for first class, you won't go in boldly. Uh, even if you go, if you don't really know how much was paid for first class, you can get to first class, but you'll be hesitant to do stuff. You don't want to touch unless, you know, if I break something, I just don't. <laughs> but when you know how much they paid for it, you can come in boldly. And he made an invitation. He says, let us go in boldly, watch this, without any sense of guilt, without any sense of inferiority, without any sense of condemnation. Why? Because Jesus paid the full price. And now we can go and mortal men can fellowship with an immortal God. Amen? We can have a relationship. In fact, he put a spirit on the inside of us. Now we can call him Father. Man, that's a promotion. He's not just another deity in heaven, angry at humanity with a long stick, waiting for you to make a mistake so he can. No, he's, a, he's our heavenly father. Now we can call him daddy. And you know what a father does? In the Greek, that word is pater. A father provides for you. A father protects you. A, a father gives you advice when you need it. Amen. And this is, that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to have a functional relationship with you. Amen? And when you realize how much was paid, man, you can start facing every single day with some excitement. You know, one of the things I noticed about people in first class is while you're still boarding, while you're still boarding, the plane hasn't even taken off. It's still on the tarmac. I mean, these guys are holding little glasses and toasting. <laughs> For what? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad. I mean, this thing hasn't even taken off, but they're already toasting and celebrating. You know why? It's the first class living. And Jesus upgraded every single one of us to a first class living. Where every single day can be a party day. You can shout, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and watch this, be glad in it. I don't have to wait until stuff happens. I can rejoice in advance. Because I know it's going to be a good flight. We were flying, uh, Pastor Henry is here, we were flying from Los Angeles to Qatar. And so we were tired, you know, coming from Los Angeles to Qatar. So as soon as we got on the plane, I asked for a sleeping pill. And I took a sleeping pill and I went to sleep. And I woke up, I think, about seven hours into the flight. And I looked at Pastor Henry. I was so hungry. I mean, my stomach was really just grumbling. And I looked at him. I said, bro, I'm hungry. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, why? He said, because they just fed everyone. See, because when you're in economy, the feeding is seasonal. If you, miss, if you miss your season, you're going to have to wait for the next round. It sounds like an impotent man in the, in the Bible. Remember what the impotent man said to Jesus? This guy had been crippled 38 years. And when Jesus came to him, he said, what's up, bro? 
What are you doing here? He says, I've been stuck here. Because every season, there's an angel of the Lord that comes and he stirs up the water. And whoever jumps in first gets healed. And I've been missing it every single year. And Jesus said to him, look at me. See, because Jesus knew what he was doing prophetically. He knew what he was going to pay at the cross. He said, look at me. I don't go by those seasons. Listen, I haven't been in first class, but I don't think they get fed by the seasons. I would imagine there's a little button that you can just press and say, I want food. When? Now. Amen? Amen. And that's what starts happening when you get promoted from economy to first class. You don't have to wait for the turning of the year for the prophet to come to town and declare that 2020 is the year of breakthrough. You can declare it namslange. You can declare it right now. Remember, we've moved from economy to first class. But here's the problem. There's a problem that comes with this. There's some people who just like economy. There's just some people who like economy. The veil has been torn. There's been an invitation to come in. But there's just some people who enjoy being sick. I found out the hard way as a pastor that there's just some people who don't want to. Because guess what? If they get healed, they lose all the attention. And if they get healed, they, they, they get to wash the dishes. So guess what? So I'm going to stay sick for as long as I can. Because it's fun being in economy. And they don't want to move to first class. And then I found out there was another group of people that have been moved to first class. And I was one of them. And their problem is small. It's a small and a problem. Their problem is simply this. They just don't know how to read the menu. So they want the pastor to order for them, which I don't mind doing for a season. But at some point, you're going to have to learn how to order for yourself. It was my problem because, you know, I, I didn't grow up very uh, well off. And so we would go out to eat with my wife. We, we, you know, when we started dating, we would try a new restaurant every Friday. And we would go out with, to eat with some friends. And sometimes I would pick up a menu. And, man, that thing is like Greek. I'm looking at this thing and I can't read the thing. I needed some help. Sometimes I would pick up a menu and read beef casserole and look at my wife and say, beef casserole? And then my wife would just hunch me and say, that's just beef stew. Chill out. <laughs> and sometimes you need friends that can pick up a scripture and say, you know what? That's just a good promise for you. Chill out. The anointing? What's the anointing? That's just the power of God available for you. Chill out. But as you learn and learn and you progress, you need to get to a point where you can literally pick up the menu and start ordering for yourself. See, because if you have to wait for the pastor to order for you, you may end up eating the things that I like. Because guess what? We're going to eat some chicken for a long time. Man, it's going to be chicken. <laughs> if you let me order for you, it's going to be fried chicken for a long time. But when you start learning how to order for yourself, I'm talking about when you can pick up the Bible and start reading the promises of God and you know that it's already been overpaid for 
and it stirs up a faith on the inside of you? Do you know what faith simply is? Faith is simply going to the uh, atil and saying, can I have what's already been paid for me? That's what faith is. It's just going to the till and saying, hey, I know Jesus already paid for it. Can I have what's mine? That's what faith is. I used to think faith was a feeling. I used to think faith was a goosebump. That comes to you when you're in a worship service. You know, you sing the fast songs, and then as you get to the slower ones, you start getting dizzy, and you get dizzy. And then faith, like a goosebump, just comes up on you, and ooh, faith is here. And then you start touching things, and they start getting healed. Why? Because faith is in the house. No, faith is this, realizing that Jesus has already, watch this, paid for it. And all I have to do is to start claiming it. It's already been paid for. Amen. There are three steps to uh, 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 going to a vacation. The first thing you do is you look for the place that you want to go to. Then you make a reservation. And then after you make a reservation, you make the payment. And they send you what is called a confirmation. The Bible is not a book of reservation. It's a Bible of confirmation. Everything, every promise that you see in God's word has already been confirmed. Now what would happen? If you went to the airport and you know you received that confirmation in your inbox and you're supposed to be going to Hawaii, you've already Googled the pictures, you are excited, you are thrilled at the prospect of boarding the plane and going to Hawaii. What would happen if you got to the airport at the check-in desk and the person told you, we can't find your name in the system? How many of you up in here would say, yes, ma'am, Pack your bags and go back home. Anybody? In fact, most of you would lose your relationship with God <laughs> to resolve this issue. Amen? Most of you would say, you know what? Let me come around and work the computer myself. Why? Because I got the confirmation. Amen? When Jesus said it is finished, when he said paid in full, every promise was dipped in blood and confirmed. Chippo read a scripture that says all of the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. Not maybe. See, because when you're at reservation, you can change your mind and go someplace else. No, this is a confirmation. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. It's a sure thing that God wants you to prosper. I thought I was going to get a better amen than that. It's a sure thing that God wants you to succeed. Now, this one is going to shake some of you. It's a sure thing that God wants you to get married and have a marriage made in heaven. See, when you're looking at the statistics, it's going to be hard for you to believe that. But pastor, you know, South Africa has more uh, men, no, more women. Well, the little they are, <laughs> you better find one. <laughs> you can't be looking at the statistics. Amen. You've got to look at the promises of God. And his promises are confirmed. Yes and amen. But Pastor T, the doctor said these are the symptoms. It doesn't matter what the symptoms say. 
What matters is what the confirmation says. And the confirmation says by his stripes we are healed. And most of us have been getting to the airport, getting ready to check in, getting ready to board the next plane of our lives that will literally take us to our destiny. And we've been getting bumped. And we've been turning back home, go back home, and have a pity party. Man, you need to start learning some courage. You need to start getting bold in the promises of God. You need to fix your eyes on the price that was paid and start stirring yourself up and say, this couldn't possibly be for nothing. Whenever you start doubting, go and read how Jesus paid the price. If you read in Isaiah 52 verse 14, it says his body was marred beyond recognition. Every tumor went into his body, every virus, every disease went into his body as he was making the payment. This is a big payment that he made just so that you could be reconciled with God, just so that you could start living life and live it in abundance. And when I fix my eyes on Jesus and the payment that he made on the cross, I get boldness, I get courage, and I get holy anger at the same time, at every denial, because I know Jesus has already paid for it. Can I get an amen? Now let's read one more scripture and then we will go home. Let's go now to uh, Matthew. <clears throat> In fact, let's go to Psalm 103. Let's just close. Man, I may, I may get into trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I'm the one with the microphone. When you start fixing your eyes on the payment, make a decision that you're going to be led by the word of God and not by your emotions. You know, I was talking to someone uh, at the office who was going through something in their business and so on and so forth, and they were a, a wreck at my office, and I said to them, the Holy Spirit gave it to me in the spare of the moment. He said to me, Tafara, ask them this question. Uh, 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 why are they following their emotions? And he asked me to tell them this, that emotions are literally this, the air condition, the air condition in your car, that's what emotions are. When they are good, you must enjoy them. When it's a hot, sunny day outside, and the car air condition is a, a, a blowing cold air, you must. But what happens when it starts blowing hot air? Turn it off. It's the same thing with emotions. If they're good, men enjoy them. But if they are turning you into a wreck, turn it off. Most of you wouldn't pray about it. If that thing is, is blowing hot air and it's a hot day outside, most of you wouldn't fast and pray. Lord, I just want to find out what I should do with this air conditioner. No, you will just turn the sucker off. In fact, Psalm 103 verse 1, we're going to read it. This is David turning the air condition that was blowing hot air off. He was in a moment of discouragement. He could have entertained his emotions. But do you know what he said? He started commanding his soul. He said, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's how we say it, right? And this is how we sing it. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. 
That's not how he said it. It wasn't soul music. It was probably rap music. No, I'm serious, because it was warfare. He's not negotiating with his soul. Bless of my soul. What do you feel like, my soul? Do you feel we should say we should be sad? I think we should. We should get all this junk food and just indulge. Oh, my soul. No, no, no. It's a warfare verse. He's saying, so you are going to come into a land. You're going to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and everything that is within me. You are going to bless his holy name. Yeah. That's how he did it. Because sometimes it doesn't feel right. But you just have to command it. This is what's going to happen. We are going to get up. We're going to go to church. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to get up. And we're going to declare that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to get some coffee. And we're going to enjoy that. We're going to find something to give God thanks, and we're going to say thank you, Jesus. We're going to offer a sacrifice of praise. Whether it feels like it or it doesn't feel like it, the Bible calls it encouraging yourself in the Lord. So you don't follow your emotions. You start leading your emotions based on what the Word of God is. Can I get an amen? amen. It's a tough place, but you have to start doing it. The Bible calls it casting down all strongholds, taking a hold of that soulish realm. Amen? And not letting emotions lead you, but you start letting the word of God lead your emotions. The Bible says David encountered himself in the Lord, and when he did, he started hearing God clearly. He said, shall I pursue, overtake, and recover? And the Lord said, Go ahead, my son. And guess what he did? He pursued, overtook, and recovered everything. Everything? He recovered everything. And when he started reminding himself to bless the Lord with all of his soul and everything that's within him, he said again in verse 2, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his benefits. He started reminding himself of the things, watch this, that are already fully paid for. And when you start reminding yourself of the things that are already fully paid for, it opens up your eyes. You start seeing in a different realm. And it changes your emotions. Amen? The only way to start changing your emotions is to start seeing in a different realm. Remember Elisha? He's surrounded by the Syrian armies. We read the song. It may look like I'm, I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. They're surrounded, and the, the same. Uh, uh, Elisha came in running in a panic. He said, alas, my master, what shall we do? We are going to die. We are surrounded by thousands of the Syrian army. What are we going to do? He was an emotional wreck that moment. And this is what Elisha said. He said, Lord, I pray that you may open his eyes. And then the Bible says, when his eyes were opened, he began to see something that was greater than the Syrian armies. He began to see that God had already released help that was greater than his opposition. 
And I'm telling you, I don't see it in scripture, but I know it happened. In that moment, you began to see the promises of God that those who were with them were greater and more than those who were against them. I'm telling you, it changed his emotions. I'm telling you, he moved from, alas, my master, what are we going to do? What shall we do? We're going to die. To yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Syrian army, yeah, yeah. What you here for? What you here? Who, who are you looking for? <laughs> who, who are you looking for? You want to fight? <laughs> it, it moved his emotions, watch this, from fear to victory, to excitement. But what changed all of that? He kept his eyes on the promise. He looked at the promise. Man, you need to stop looking at the bank account and start looking at the promise. Stop looking at the diagnosis and start looking at the promise. And as you do, it changes your emotions. And you will no longer be led by emotions. And I'm telling you, this is good information that will help turn the sucker off when it starts blowing hot air. When you start feeling negative emotions attack you, you can switch and start looking at Jesus, the payment, and the promises of God. And as you do that, it begins to take away all the fear. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Someone shout, I am victorious. Someone shout, I'm created for success. Someone shout, I am walking in the path of my destiny. Therefore, I have nothing to fear. Someone shout, emotions, I call you to order. Today, Nam Tlanje, Vandar. Emotions, I call you to order. You are not the leader, you are the follower. Today, I make a decision that I will keep my eyes fixed on the promise, fixed on Jesus, fixed on what he paid for. And I'm claiming what's mine. That's my first class lie. In Jesus' name. How many is ready to leave the first class lie? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus has already paid for it, and he has already invited all of us to start living the first-class life. You don't have to put up with the economy. Let anyone invite you back to economy. Stay in first class. Amen? Man, because it's tough in economy. You know what they talk about? They talk about... How long the journey is and how nasty the food is. Man, I fly economy all the time. That's what we talk about. All we do is complain. In first class, they have no time to complain. You know why? Because they're busy enjoying the journey. They have bigger screens to see their vision clearly. Man, it's a good life in first class. And that's where Jesus wants all of us to start keeping our eyes on a bigger vision, a vision that's bigger than ourselves. 
In fact, we were flying from Los Angeles. This is my last story. Flying from Los Angeles with my wife. Uh, we're coming from the uh, minister's retreat, uh, Carly and Ashley hosted uh, two months ago. And we got into uh, the flight. And then there was a family. Uh, they were complaining about, you know, uh, being rebooked on a different flight and so on and so forth. And it was a family of four, so they were kicking up a fuss. And they were saying, we're going to be on this flight. And then they, you know, they ended up putting them on the same flight as us. But they had to be split up because it was a family of four. Uh, the wife and the son had to be in first class and the daughter and the dad, she was 12 years old and the dad had to be in economy. So they came and sat directly behind us. And so they started talking before the uh, plane took off. They started talking and, you know, I, I overheard the daughter, 12 year old. She said to her dad, dad, I can't do this for 12 hours. True story. She said, I can't do this for 12 hours. I admire that kind of uh, behavior. Man, we need more Christians to talk like that. When sickness tries to attack, I can't do this for another day. And you know what she did? She picked up her hand luggage and walked out with the dad. They delayed the whole thing for two hours because they needed to go in and find and she didn't care who it inconvenienced. You know why? Because she knew what was paid for. Man, we just need to start. If there's one thing you need to do throughout this whole year is to just read what it means when Jesus went on the cross. Man, there's a lot that was paid for. You know, we make it seem like it was a two-minute thing. You know, he just went on the cross. And, ah, Father, forgive me. I don't know what they do. Uh, it is finished. Uh, get up. Uh, come. No, no, no. No, this was a real payment. He says his body was marred beyond recognition. I mean, it was a huge payment. When you start reading what really transpired on the cross and how ginormous the payment was, man, you stop taking prisoners. I'm telling you, you start looking at sickness and say, really? I can't do this for another day. It stirs up something on the inside of you. You start looking at an average life. That is not supernatural. You say, man, I can't do this. I can't. This is too average. This is too boring. Let's get up. Let's go to the enemy's camp. Let's do something inside. If we're going to die, let's die taking some risks. Because Jesus paid for it. Did that help you? We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. We